Welcome to the Village Church Podcast Show, episode 14. I'm Josh Patterson, joined today with uh, good friends, Matt Chandler and yeah. Bo Hughes. Welcome, brothers. Good to be here. Episode Glad 14. to be here. I know. What have we done? I mean, I, I looking back, we'll do a recap yeah, we should at some that. point. Maybe around Christmas. That seems more natural, like to recap yeah. the year, something like great. that. Looking forward to today's conversation. We'll be talking a little bit about the sermon series that we just launched this past weekend, the Apostles' Creed. It was a fantastic weekend. want to give you guys a little bit of resources that we have available for that sermon series and then transition to talk about what what really has been a milestone yeah. season in the life of our church as we just launched a, a new church, the Village Church Denton. And Bo Hughes is the lead pastor, senior pastor of that church, and we'll talk about how all of that came about. But let's Let's jump into this weekend a little bit, Matt. Give, give us some of your thoughts about that. Well, I, the the first weekend of a series is always the most difficult for me because you've been studying, and I know kind of where we're going, but I don't want to. I want to just be faithful to where I am that week, and so I thought it was a great, great kind of moment to kind of set and remind people what the creeds are, what they're not, what, what role they play in the life of. Uh, the church, both historically and in the present, and so uh, really needed to just kind of firm up. Uh, I think, especially because we're we're a Southern Baptist church, which if you historically know what that means, that then doing a creed wouldn't bother you. But the more modern iterations of it, uh, you know, no creed but the Bible. I, I needed to kind of clarify. Okay, this, this is we're not preaching the creed; we're preaching the Bible. Right. And and so the relationship between the creed and the Bible is like the sun and the moon. Right. That the sun is all the light and the heat, and and the moon reflects that light and heat but it has no light and heat of its own. And so ultimately what we're doing is preaching the Word of God, and we're using the creed to, to kind of... Kind of a springboard yeah, into that. Yeah, and, and then, you know, why the creed? You know, it's it going to create better symmetry in the life of a believer. It's going to force us to think in some ways that we probably don't naturally think, and then uh, it's going to create some clarity. It's going to align us with good, sound, biblical doctrine, and and in the historic Orthodox sense of that. Uh, and then it's going to help us understand our community better, who what God has done in the calling of people unto himself. And then lastly, it would affect our counsel both to ourselves and to others. And so really those were the, those were the four main points on why we would do the creed this fall. And then really the rest of the series will kind of flow through that grid. And so going into this weekend, we'll talk about God the Father, Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. And so we'll set that up biblically, and then we'll get into, okay, what does that do to our symmetry? What does that do to our clarity? What does that do uh, in regards to community? And what ultimately does that do for our counsel, both to ourselves and others? And so that'll be the grid we follow uh, the rest of the way through the series. It's awesome. I want to highlight a couple of resources that we have uh, available really to anybody. We've we've done a couple of worship albums. We've done an album, uh, one of those albums being an album for kids and being able to teach kids uh, just good, rich doctrine. Want to make those available to anybody who desires those. We also have a playlist, a drive-to and from playlist. And so the idea behind this is just as we're coming together on the weekend, that we're we're kind of steadying our hearts and our minds on the way to the gathering. And then as we leave the gathering, we're reflecting on these things. Um, I think about that as a dad. Uh, I'm not sure how that drive-to and from playlist is really going to work in the car, but well, uh, I, I know for my two and a half minute drive here, it's not super effective. But, but for some people, yeah, it'll really work. I'm I'm grateful for that. But you like that? Yeah, just that just cut the just, legs out of that resource the, right there. You did. That <laughs> just, was just I'm just this is real life podcast. Yep. Thinking <laughs> how helpful that was too. Uh, I'll turn it up real loud. Yeah, real loud. Or you could just like just keep driving around. Run. Yeah, just get That'd a great. get a full song or two in before you part. We've also got a study guide. Uh, we've got some Ask TVC that we'll be doing. Matt, I know you just answered some questions yeah, just, yesterday about that. And then 
as always, we've got the sermon series page, which is on the website, just thevillagechurch.net slash the Apostles' Creed. So, um, again, looking forward to the Apostle Creed sermon, but uh, now I want to turn our attention and really talk about, like I said in the intro, just what has been a milestone weekend in, no in the life of our church. And more than a weekend, it's been it's been a season that has led to the culmination of a weekend. Um, and so I, I do want to just reflect on the weekend. As I said, Bo Hughes, who for eight years was the Village Church's Denton campus pastor, the man, the myth, the legend, and uh, now is it's no crazy. longer. It's been eight years. Yeah. It? Hadn't it been longer than eight? You've been well, on staff was, longer than yeah, eight. Yeah, he was college yeah. in singles, or did we break it up college, like that? Or no, was it, just college? It, you, it was broken up like that, okay. kind of, but it was mostly college. Yeah, so remember when they college. camped out in your front yard? I do remember. Yeah. First, first college yeah. leadership retreat when I came on staff, and some of the hippies from Denton just decided to stay in the front yard overnight instead of come back the next yeah. morning like they were supposed to. Did so they I'd, kill any squirrels well, or anything? Out of, and <laughs> they probably did. <laughs> I backed out, and I went to go get them some donuts, and... Uh, which they wouldn't eat because they were gluten-free, of course. And so I backed out, and they were there, just had camped all night. It went wind and rain and cold, and I thought, yep, this is uh, I can lead this is and now you're I can your lead life. The, I can these are lead my kind people. of people. This yeah. is this is my this is my family. Bo, give us a, a bit of a what was this weekend? What was this past weekend in the life of our now churches? Yeah, I mean it. it it was an incredible weekend. You know, I had I had never been to a, an installation service of a of a new church of of an installation service for a pastor. So I didn't really have in my mind a real kind of clear picture of of what to expect. And so it ended up being, you know, more like a wedding. You know, that was kind of what the weekend yeah. became like yeah. in a way that was was really beautiful and unexpected to me. And uh, and and so yeah, I mean, it was just a significant weekend where everything we've been thinking about really for the last. I'd say four or five years, and yeah. especially the last two, three years, uh, just came to consummation. And so, man, all the, all the, all the hours and the days and the prayers and just seeing those kind of come together in a, in a celebration like this weekend was pretty incredible, personally, but then I think also corporately for the church and then for the, you know, the Village Church Network now that uh, exists at large. So Yeah, it was one of those weekends, and, and we were all there, obviously, all day, and um, I just found myself kind of on this emotional roller coaster oh, no where oh I was remembering and reflecting and responding to God's goodness and grace all day. I was exhausted by the what time we leave ten thirty yeah. that night. I was exhausted after the nine a.m. service. Right. I, I mean, I, emotion, <laughs> no, I emotionally, yeah, totally. it was so emotional, you yeah. know, and so rich that I thought I I cannot do two more of these. I, right. It's almost like I can't have two more weddings. But uh, God was gracious. And he was. It was just so. Just to clarify, what what we did on on this past weekend was launch a new church, and and to mark the launching or the or the birth of this new church was uh, had an installation service, and so it was it was the most unique service I've been to no because doubt. I think I would liken it to a wedding. Uh, I think that's the best analogy. Is that there were vows exchanged, there were promises by God's grace. That were made and the conferring and, of authority oh, by absolutely. the central elders onto the elders. It was of amazing. The the village church Denton, and so I, for me, easily um, as the pastor, you know, as the pastor here, one of the lead pastors, but the pastor for the last thirteen years, uh, I can consider this past weekend as one of the top two moments I, I think in my time here, just yeah. in regards to the hope 
and the vision that the Lord had put in my heart all those years ago to actually, I mean, just for all the churches we've planted, this transition, probably because of how we're wired and structured and how Central Bow has been uh, to the life of the Village Church. So in a real sense, saying, uh, having a gospel goodbye to a brother I love deeply and who's been a good friend for a long time, that, that this carried that additional weight on top of all that the Lord is doing in this transition, the, the fact that I'm transitioning out uh, a good friend and a good brother who I get to see, or I, I got to see several times a week just in the normal rhythms of our, uh, our church life meeting, kind of elder meetings, executive staff meetings. And, and so anyway, I, I just, everything about it was just rich and loved the exchange of the vows between the covenant members and the elders, uh, loved the charge that, that I had the opportunity to give to you, Bo, and uh, it was just sweet in in every way. Uh, it seems like most of the people in the congregation, they're just, they, I don't think we're the only ones that have never been a part of anything like that. I mean, maybe if you come from a kind of high church background, yeah, that, yeah. that you're used to those sort of services or, or something like that, but I think it was it was rich because all those things you just mentioned, you know, that you see in the Bible, and yeah. you see it in the Bible in a way that it seems like that's a pretty special moment, whether it's Acts chapter 20 or even yeah. just, you know, Paul reminding Timothy about the laying on of hands with the elders. But but to have a whole service devoted to some of those things and to just celebrate the Lord in it in, in that kind of a way, uh, I think for the congregation was just is unexpected for them in terms of how it was going to affect them both theologically, but also emotionally, as it was for us. And so, well, and then after the eleven fifteen service, there were a couple of non-members that came up, and they just wanted to, they wanted to stand up with the members they wanted to be a part yeah. of, which I thought was really cool for all the thinking we do uh, about either non-Christians or those who don't belong to the covenant community in a way where they're really committed, so they're more consumers than they are um, part of the family. Like that, it created a longing for them to be a part of this family, a part of this community. There was a real healthy weight yeah. to it. And I that, that weight, um, I think, cleared some fog yeah. that may have been present in the routine of just coming to a service. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, that's a good way to put I was it. just really thankful for I it. I thought about that C.S. Lewis quote, you know, it's like there's a type of joy that, that almost makes you serious. Right. And it, it, that's kind of how it. Yeah, it felt. Let's rewind this, and because we we talked about this weekend, which was really the culmination, the consummation of of a vision, a hope, a strategy that's tied to multi site. Yeah. It's tied to how we're structured and modeled as a church, and and um, and all of this plays into where we were this weekend and our hopes for more weekends like Absolutely. this in the years to come. But but let's rewind this. Let's talk a little bit about the history and how this is woven into multi site and and really how we got to this place. And so, so Bob, I want to start with you. And, and so you're, you're the Denton campus pastor. You assumed that role and we're putting that role in 2007. During my honeymoon. During Thank your you, honeymoon. Both you're welcome. You brothers welcome. for that. That's hey, it's worked out well. Has yeah. It has. It's fine. Trust us. Yeah. Trust us. <laughs> so you're a campus pastor. You're doing that and you did it faithfully. And, and I, I mean, we could go on and on about uh, what a faithful, good, godly, amazing campus pastor you were kind of set the bar and in some sense ruined us it just it's, it's just the bar so high now for for what a campus pastor could be but i recognize there are other models out there and, and people handle this role differently but give us a little bit of the history give us a little bit of the background Bo, and 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 then i want to kind of talk about the internal and external call of how yeah. we really all got as individuals and then as a church to use multi-site 
as a long-term church planning strategy, leveraging an opportunity that campuses afforded us to really plant and sustain healthy churches. Yeah. Well, I mean, historically, you know, multi-site was never was never kind of our our vision and thought. I mean, we'd actually said no, I mean, before to that. But, you know, at the point that the village was turning away from all six services when we were just at, at the one campus or we were just that we all we had was the one campus, the Highland Village so campus. This back in 2006 yeah, 2006-ish. And then, you know, not knowing what to do, calling the church to, you know, prayer and fasting yep, and, uh, and, and a season called Venture. And so uh, just, uh, you know, which is kind of a high mark for me. I mean, Matt, you were mentioning just kind of, you know, this weekend obviously being another one, but venture where, you know, we were turning away from prayer services. People were praying, praying and fasting. And so out of that came this conversation, you know, with this church in Denton that had shriveled. So as the, the village church was just blooming in all the different ways that you can uh, spiritually, this church, uh, for a number of reasons, uh, was just shriveling and had shriveled and was just waiting to die, essentially. The pick a date is, is one of the things that one of the pastors would say there and, and, and it was over. And so that conversation happened and, uh, and then the elders sensed that that was the answer to prayers. And so obviously for me, the campus pastor role and even just the idea of a campus, which was something I had not thought about at all, uh, happened at, at the tail end of that season of venture where the elders said, you know, we really sensed through praying that we'd like for you to be the campus pastor there. And so for the last you know, eight years now, we've just been trying to figure out what that means. What does it mean to be a campus of a multi-site church, and how do you walk in uh, just, you know, all the health that God would desire for his people in that kind of a model and in that sort of setting? So so let me ask this, and in, in, in a sense, for the village, is this fair to say that multi-site was a reactive strategy to God's providence rather than a proactive strategy Absolutely. for us? I mean, from day one, and so it was like, I we didn't we didn't even know what it was. I mean, I remember that first, you know, that, that, that time when we were trying to connect right. initially in reaction to just being given this building and becoming one with this church. Okay, Bo, you're the campus pastor. What does that mean? Well, we don't know. That's Not part sure. of what Let's we find that's out. Part of, that's your first job responsibility is figure to sort of this figure out. that out. And so the whole time we were just reacting, which I think, you know, in some ways you can look at that and say, well, that, that's unfortunate. I think it was actually very fortunate because we didn't come in with any sort of preconceived ideas and we were left with one another just sort of depending on the Lord. And but it, it also meant some bumps and bruises and some hiccups along the way that I'm yes, sorry, certainly. You, you, you bore a lot of those. Yeah, well, sorry about f- that. I mean, it was fine. I think the group that the Lord assembled was geared for it. Yeah, but yeah. yeah I mean, just, you know, there was a season where it was, okay, who's reporting to who and, and who's my boss? Oh, I have two bosses and, and straight and lines just, and dotted yeah, lines. Yeah, on and org <laughs> charts. And, and, and we yep. just walked through a long couple of years probably until we had a, a, another campus and then the, the fuzziness started to clear a bit when that campus kind of experienced some of the same questions and I thought okay this is something we it's time to kind of kind of get clarity on organizationally but uh, but what was always clear was man God was really gracious in planning us there and assembling a group of people there and pushing the people that were driving to Highland Village back into their neighborhoods yep. yeah. to really be a, a people that could display you know the the goodness of God to their neighbors uh, and that was always something that was from the day one something we said well we don't know what this is going to be but this is a good thing yeah. so even and, and and I love the way you just said that it is a good thing and so we we recognize multi-site as a really helpful strategy a really helpful opportunity and, and so and one that we think is biblically sound absolutely we or we, we wouldn't have done it yeah beyond the 
the, the realm of exegesis. So this, this little point right here is just to say we, we weren't scheming for multi-site. Mm-hmm. We, were, we were desperate for the Lord to move, and the way that he moved providentially was, was through multi-site. Yeah. I mean, that's the door he opened. And, and so then Bo talks about the, the addition of the Dallas campus, uh, which really forced the conversation internally about how, we, how we're structured, how we're approaching this, organizationally, things that we need to shore up. and yeah, I think one of the unique features of, of how we do it, and, and I'm sure there are other multi-site churches that do it this way. I haven't, I haven't come across them yet, but like, Bo, you're a, you've been a central elder of the Village Church, so you're not a, you weren't an MC. Uh, you weren't just kind of there to greet and, and, and pitch to the video, but, but man, you've been a, a real integral part of the, the Village Church as a whole, and so you you had voice and view, and you had all of those things. This, so this past eight years, you've been a central elder of the village church. So a lot of what we do, you've actually shaped, brother. And I, I think that's unique to how we do multi-site and probably yeah. important for whoever's listening to, to kind of understand that, that the role the role Bo has played uh, over the last seven and eight years that honestly enables transition to take place is that he, he's not an MC. He hasn't just you know greeted the people and pitched to the video, but he's actively eldered and pastored both at a high level in the central realm, but also on the ground there in Denton. And not just Bo, but all the campus pastors. So the model that we have here is if you're a campus pastor, you're also a central elder and you also sit on the executive staff. And so to your point, um, you're, you're active at a high level, but then um, you got to be able to go to the ground. And And it's made the room a little bit bigger in terms of number. But I think for some of the reasons you're pointing out, it's it's worth it certainly if you have a vision or a hope for and, that sort of development and even yeah. transition and then on unity around transition like i remember doing a q and a with the members as we were walking through this and and a woman raised her hand and said hey are we going to change this change this change this and and i loved your answer your answer was like well i was actually a part of shaping those things so no no i don't have any plans of changing that i actually wrote that and sat on that so well and uh, even for the staff yeah. you know not just the members but even i can't there's countless times i've come back to a staff meeting and been able to share with the staff that hey this isn't just a group centrally down in Rome, making these decisions for us churches out here in Galatia. No, we're actually, I'm, I'm in that room. So yeah. whatever you may disagree with about that decision or whatever you may struggle with, if you don't disagree with it, maybe you're just struggling with it. I, I, I was a part of the decision. And so, so let's talk. And, and so the sense of unity, not just in the congregation, but also among the staff internally, you know, across a multi-site church. And that's, that's no small thing. Yeah. I mean, especially if you had more sites and, and, and you can just see how easy it would be to sort of drift from that. And so, yeah, that model of having the campus pastor play not just the campus pastor role but those other roles for us has been extremely fruitful in ways we've seen, but I think even in ways we're just not even aware for yeah. sure how important that is. So, so moving, moving a little bit from the history and how we're modeled and structured and thinking about, um, I guess, in the last few years, Bo, you said two, three years ago, there were some conversations. Bo was sensing some things. I was sensing some things. Matt was sensing some things. And then even external to that, other people started kind of voicing in. But there was a growing theological conviction in us that we had an opportunity with yeah. multi-site, an opportunity really to leverage multi-site as a long-term church planning strategy. And and I think it's fair to say that that in the end, we we would rather have healthy local churches yeah. than more campuses. And so we 
we saw an opportunity uh, really to use this as a long-term church planning strategy. And so both flesh that out just a little bit for us. Yeah, well, I mean, even before that, you know, I mean, almost day one at the campus, you know, yeah. we just didn't know where it was going. We've already said that. Yep. And so there was even this sense in Matt of, I mean, maybe one day, I mean, one of the first sermons you gave was maybe this is going to happen one day, that, yeah. that, that it eventually becomes this. And so then you guys, you guys started to approach me, I mean, even individually. So Matt from day one just sort of whispered in my ear, hey, you, you let us know. Whenever I didn't you, literally whisper in your ear, but I understand. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's right. Maybe I did though. You you might have. You actually anyway, uh, and so you know you just started All I know having I that conversation. Josh certainly didn't, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, started having that conversation, and uh, and so but you know in the beginning stages it just wasn't time. It wasn't a good time. Yeah. We didn't know. I'm just trying to figure out what a campus was. I'm trying to figure out what a husband is. You know, yeah. we had three kids and two and a half years, and so man, just getting established there as a campus and learning that. But those conversations kept happening. And then, of course, Josh came in and began to have the same conversations as the campus began to flourish in various ways. And uh, and so, so, you know, for me, that was the processing. And then I just started thinking about what Josh said in terms of just what is the church and, uh, and theologically thinking about some of those things in ways I never had. And so, you know, as we as we begin to think about what was God was doing at the campus, but then even theologically, just the nature of the church and, and and it eventually led into this kind of conviction together that, yeah, this is this would be a great thing. That multiplication would be a would be a really good thing. Yeah, I would love to hear, and I think it would be good for the listeners to hear uh, as we look back on it. it. There's no secret that the Village Church we love to plant churches, and and really, you know, I wrote an article for the Nine March Journal in 2010 uh, about multi-site, and even said in that article that that churching, you know, churching. <laughs> plants. Planting churches is, I, I think, better uh, than multi-site. But, but having now um, walked through being a multi-site pastor into um, being the pastor of the Village Church of Denton, um, what are some things that you say, this, is, this was good in this season. I learned this. I grew in this. This, is, this was the value of uh, speaking to even some of what Deborah said this this weekend that like what was the value of the last seven years not carrying the burden of all of the preaching uh you know you would you would have 12 weekends a year at least and sometimes more than that but but not carrying the full burden of preaching week in and week out what what advantages did that give you uh growing as a shepherd and as a leader and well i think primarily you know i think about titus you know paul's letter to titus where you know it's obvious that paul timothy titus they'd evangelize the island of crete and then and then perceivably, you know, Paul for sure, but Timothy, they left. And then they write this letter back to Titus. And Paul says at the very beginning of the letter, your priority with these people that as we've evangelized them have come to Christ is to now get things in order yeah. and, and establish elders and establish leaders in the church and, uh, and establish in doing that the, the actual congregation or congregations on that island themselves. And so what what the last seven years did for me was really free me up to where, you know, that weight of preaching, as Mark talked about on Sunday, I, I wasn't carrying that week in and week out, but I could I could give myself to the weight of, I think, what Paul wrote to Timothy, but specifically to Titus about identifying, pouring into, raising up, uh, you know, men uh, in the church that could help lead the congregation. And so just giving myself over to that and, of course, giving it over also to trying to lead the congregation itself in certain ways outside of the preaching, yeah. uh, you know, and how that development of, of both leaders and, and the congregation itself and, and that kind of time that I had to pour into them, uh, again, is really one of the 
if not the primary thing that has compelled the transition. Yeah. Talk about the fruit of that, Bo. Just uh, so this weekend you launch, it's a new church, but it's it's not a new church like a typical church plant may be. Right. Uh, you you launched with how many members, how many elders, how many deacons, what's your staff look like? Um, yeah, so we so we launched with uh, you know about a thousand members and uh, not attenders, know, members. Yeah, members, and then you know however many hundred are attending, but uh, and then you know uh, thirteen elders. One's actually transitioning, so we'll go back down to twelve, um, and then a number of. Uh, you know about that many deacons, and then a number of of men and even women that are continuing to be developed to serve the church in various ways. And so, yeah, I mean, the last seven years, I mean, you you have a church, and and I remember early on um, when there were all these crowds coming. I mean, just primarily to hear Matt, you yeah. know, which was yeah. which great. You know, you don't that, that's not a bad thing. You don't want to steward that. But I remember having this moment. I was reading a, a devotional for, uh, I think it was it had to have been. Uh, uh, Palm Sunday, and, and the devotional was about you know that those crowds on that day when Jesus was coming down, and and they're just celebrating, and there's just this raucous, and then the devotional turned and made the point about halfway through that you know crowds are actually fickle, yeah they are, and those same crowds that are you know welcoming him and praising him that day are going to be the same crowds saying crucify him, and so for me I remember having this moment early on in the campus about these crowds of, okay, thank God they're here. We've prayed for them to be here. We want to steward them well. But at the end of this campus, wherever this is going, and we didn't have clarity, I hope that there's more than just crowds here. I hope that there's actually sure. a congregation here. Yeah, amen. And so everything that we did the following seven years was to try to steward those crowds, shepherd them toward there being not just a crowd there gathered around a screen to hear a man preach, but actually a congregation there gathered around their Lord. And if the Lord, however he wanted to use this man that was on the screen to preach, praise him. But we were really just focusing all of our energies and our efforts toward doing the work of ministry and shepherding toward that sort of congregation. So so stepping back again, we, we talked about this weekend. This weekend was an installation service where this new church launched, and then we kind of reviewed a bit of the history but I want to pull out and just highlight to make sure that it's that it's clear what we're doing here at the Village Church is being compelled theologically that what we see in the New Testament is not one church growing larger and larger and larger and larger and larger. I mean, they, they didn't just all keep going to Jerusalem, but there was a scattering and a developing and a growing of new local churches that started to dot the landscape all over. So in light of that, in light of these little groups clustering up, these little um, uh, missionary movements that, that new churches were born. And so theologically, that's what's compelling us, is, yeah. is the desire to see the landscape dotted with healthy new churches. And you talked about uh, what Titus was doing out in Crete, and, and all of that is really theologically compelling us towards this strategy, which is to use the platform of multi-site as a long-term church planning strategy. It's, it's, a, it's a different kind of church planning. It's, in some sense, there's a prudence to it. There's an incubation period to it where it allows the campus pastor to spend the bulk of his time developing elders, developing deacons, developing a staff, developing a missional identity of the campus. And then we said, when these three indicators come to be, the man, the membership, and the leadership are all in concert with the work of the Holy Spirit, 
when that comes together, it's time. It's time to to transition that campus off to become its own local church. And that's what happened this past weekend. And, and by God's grace, that's what we're, we're working towards and praying towards in Fort Worth and Dallas and Plano. And should the Lord give us new campuses, that, that the hope with the campus, now there's an sure. end in mind yeah. uh, with that campus. So for, for us, multi-site is not an end in itself, but a yeah. means to what I think we would say a greater end, which yeah, is so. healthier churches across the board. And and I think as we, we talk about all these different things like secession planning and all of these, all multi-site churches are going to have to consider this and deal with this and um, at, at one level or another. And and so for us, we wanted to kind of get on the forefront of that and, and think through that. And, and all of it came to be thinking through Matt's, Matt's platform, Matt's ability to gather, um, Matt's ability to preach and how, how we could utilize yeah. that um, to bring other churches uh, and other other healthy churches. Um, I do want to ask you this this one last question, but before we close our time, just um, what do you what are your hopes? What do you feel like the Village Church Denton is now freed up to do, is able to do, able to accomplish that that when it was a campus, it 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 didn't quite have maybe the freedom or the opportunity to do. What's unique now as you're thinking as the senior pastor of the Village Church Denton? Yeah, I think more than any one specific thing that's on my mind. Um, I remember one of our elders, who's also our regional director for campus outreach yeah. at the village, Mike Turner. He said, "Multiplication makes us bigger men." Yeah. And and his point in that is that that you know when 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 you are entrusted with what weight and leadership and responsibility you've not been historically trusted with, there's something about that, especially for the growing disciple or the growing leader that that really does. Um, just grow you up. It develops yeah. you. It puts a healthy pressure on you. And so what I've seen through the transition that, you know, almost immediately after the church voted that looking back, I think it was it was worth it was that not just for me, you know, when you're laying on of hands and entrusting and, 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 and the responsibility you've carried all these years for me, of course, it's it's developing me and humbling yeah. me and growing me and putting pressure on me. But for all of our elders, for all of our deacons and even for our congregation. That was something I heard this week was that members for the first time are saying, you know, the whole time we've been here, we just kind of felt like, you know, we're going to serve, we're going to be here for our own personal edification, but this thing would be fine without us. And for the first time they're saying, no, this thing is us and it's forcing them to grow. And so whatever fruit comes out of that, and I think that there'll be a lot of of new fruit that uh, will come out of that. Uh, that to me is really exciting to see how as the Lord makes bigger men and women out of all of us through this transition and through the multiplication that he'll use us in ways that, you know, he wouldn't have used us before. Well, Bo Hughes, you know this, we love you just deeply. You're you're a good and godly man. And and it's one of these gospel goodbyes where we're we're thrilled and bittersweet and sad and and all of that. But... Well, your humility, I know this is over, but your humility, I think people may assume that, but they probably don't. It's really crazy everything we just talked through, Yeah, that you would do what you would do in terms of entrusting and just giving away because you believe for the sake of the kingdom, this is better. Not just short-term, but having a long-term view of 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, that it's better, and the humility it takes to do that, it's it's really astounding. It's been astounding and challenging and deeply humbling for me 
to watch in you men over the years. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Well, we are coming to the end of this podcast show. want to point you just to a couple of resources. do want to mention the website where pretty much everything that we've talked about on this show can be found from the Apostles' Creed resources to uh, the network page, which will have a bunch of information about campus transitions and and the service. And the service eventually will be on there. And I would encourage everybody to carve out some time just to watch that service and to feel the weight of that. And then on our next podcast show, we'll be joined uh, with... uh, J.R. Vassar. How did we get J.R. Vassar? I didn't think we could afford we, him. Well, we went through a bunch of names, and oh, he was okay. he was deep on the list. But um, so we're we stuck. Went two different directions. <laughs> that. I know we're stuck with him. <laughs> um, but I'm looking forward to Vassar coming here, talking with us about work as worship. In the meantime, stay faithful, and we'll talk to you soon.